Welcome back to Build and Tinker, Episode 8. This week, we're going to discuss building a deck with a commander that has multiple builds, something I took on the challenge of and actually built two versions of the deck and kind of how that went. But before that, Russ is here as always. How has your games this week been, Russ? It's been a pretty good magic week. We uh, got to play on Monday with a three-man pod. Uh, Nick played Roxa here, as I like to call her, Teddy Ruxpin. And uh, got in a couple games today working with our Killian build, kind of getting a better feel for it and looking where we're going to be going with some of this tinkering. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting. And I've mostly been keeping an eye out for what Modern Horizons is going to do because that set is looking very expensive to buy and just kind of get in. I think our uh, LGS is targeting 50 bucks a pre-release kit, which is twice the cost of a normal kit, which means everything might be double which is a lot and but modern players like to spend a lot of money that's why you play modern right that is very true i, I bought a lot of the first modern horizon that really like that set we'll see what this one has in it and if i need if i need a lot of the cards because if it's normally 200 230 for a collector's booster dropping 400 to 500 dollars does not sound fun if but you know it might be it might be worth it i know those lands are going to be worth big money um, but yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be a good set. I think it'll be a lot of fun to play sealed. So it's probably worth at least throwing the $50 at it. If you've got a group to play some, some sealed modern horizons too with date stamp rare and six packs. I think that's probably about the best you're going to do short of buying a box or individual packs, but that'll be for what, like a month from now things when that comes yep, out, that'll be a month and from now with any luck, maybe some in-store play coming back to uh, end of May, I think is what magic said or wizard said. Yep. So hopefully that'll be back and that'll mean even more commander back in game stores too. So that'll right, be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So until then though, hopefully we'll have this deck that I built kind of stabilized by then. So what I did was we, two weeks ago, we talked about building a commander with multiple strategies, kind of picking one and how do you, how do you pick one? How do you go that way? We did it with Killian. We picked a path and built it and that's what we've been playing and we'll be tinkering that next week. But Right now, we have a deck that I actually built. I really wanted this the first time I saw it announced, which is the Ruxa Patient Professor deck. So what does this commander do, Russ? All right. So Ruxa's uh, mana value is two and two green. When she enters the battlefield, you can return a target creature with no abilities from your graveyard to your hand. She gives creatures you control with no abilities key factor here no abilities get plus one plus one and then she also has you can you may have creatures you control with no abilities assign their combat damage as though they weren't blocked so she's got three synergies all with creatures with no abilities yeah it it looked fun mostly because you have a lot of these creatures with no ability cards and you almost never use them I and mean, why would you use them short of maybe gigantosaurus right which is a 10 10 or something for five green mana um you know everything else is usually what what we tend to call vanilla cards right so one of the things that kind of popped out when we went to play it was something that i didn't think of as being an as an ability so abilities includes what all things on the card nick really if it has anything on the card but if it has a keyword at all so trample lifelink menace any any text outside of flavor text on the on the card itself 
Okay. So yeah, keyword was what I missed. I was thinking abilities as being actual text, but keyword is also an ability. So it was a learning experience for me there. So the first strategy that you played and you, you built out to play first was the token strategy. Now, with the tokens, tokens generally show up on the board with no abilities, right? There are a few that come in with things like lifelink or trample or whatnot. So you had to go with tokens to synergize that had nothing else happening on the card. Right. So you, you had to be careful when we were playing this, actually, uh, Pete gave me a, an inkling, but it had flying. So I was like, well, cool. I have a token. It it doesn't get the it doesn't get any benefit from the commander at this point because it has that flying keyword on it. Anything that has trample, anything that has menace, any I mean, just any keyword at all. Anything, if it says tap to add a mana, right? So your elves, your, your little mm -hmm. elf dorks, any of those are suddenly just don't synergize at all with this commander at this time. So, and then when you go in to, to develop your two strategies, you were saying, so you went in and you built a core to the deck first. Did the core change between strategies or are we just gonna be looking here, talking about the strategies and those directions of the builds? Yeah, so let's let's talk about the core a bit because okay. the the basics of the deck for the most part, didn't change. So my ramp, obviously being green, ramp has very little to do with creatures most of the time. There, there are a few ramp cards where you draw based on the power of your creatures or, or you know, your, each of your creatures can tap for a green mana, little ramps like that. But for the most part, your cultivates, Kodama's Reaches, those stayed in the deck. So not a whole lot of change there. Um, on the card draw side, I did have to pull a few cards out. The big one was Beast Whisperer. Uh, I had it in there because obviously that's a strong card draw. A creature hits the battlefield, boom, you draw a card. Sorry, you have to cast a creature with him. With tokens, you're not casting a lot of creatures sometimes. You're casting enchantments or artifacts or instants or sorceries to produce the tokens. So suddenly that basic card draw card is no longer valuable for a deck like this. So that actually got put into the second pile for the no ability side. The next ones were the uh, removal and mana base. Those pretty much stayed because those did not have a lot of impact on the creatures. Being mono green made the mana really simple because it's just green. I didn't have to worry about, oh, I pulled out, you know, five red cards, put in two black pips and three green mm -hmm. pips and all that kind of stuff. So overall, it was pretty easy to keep it the same between the both builds. Okay. So then you decided to go with two different possibilities, tokens and with big creatures. So which direction do you want to talk about here first? Do we want to continue on with our token discussion or do you want to talk more about the big creatures? Yeah, let's start with the tokens because that's what I've played. And I know you've played against it a few times. And right. while it was fun, I I was able to only ever kill one person. I was never able to kill multiple. And, and, I, and I think I killed you once pretty out of nowhere with that. Um, but the way I killed you could have been done with any creature, not just, it had nothing to do with tokens. Right. So what I found in playing against you was this last block of text really in, on Ruxa herself is you may have creatures you control with no abilities assigned combat damage as though they were not blocked. That was really effective with these tokens in the sense that, you know, I could block to kill them, um, but the damage was just pouring right through. So, I felt like that was a really good strong point with the tokens was, you know, even though you're you're putting in one ones or, you know, two ones or two twos, um, you were still able to push the damage through. Right. So the 
The benefit there also is that the creatures you control with no abilities get plus one, plus one. So every, we'll say saplings, because that's, that's probably the biggest green token you have at this point is saplings. There are elves and a few others. But for the most part, the saplings were now tutus. And a lot of the saplings cards are buffs themselves. So the ones that generate them do buff other saplings. So uh, I'll give you an example here. The Tender Shirt Dryad, right? So as long as you have City's Blessings, saplings get plus two, plus two. So if you have four saplings on board, which isn't hard to do. Usually a lot of sorceries instants can produce that. You now have four four fours. That when you attack, no matter how they block, you're going to get 16 damage in. Just with those three, with with you know those three cards, a few saplings tokens, the commander and tender shoot dryad. So a lot of damage is doable. And one of the things I included in here was other pump spells. So you had Gaia's Anthem. So creatures get plus one plus one. Um, a very good one with this deck was Muragonda Petroglyphs, which is creatures with no abilities get plus two plus two. So that was actually very fun. That was from Time Spiral and Time Spiral Remastered, which it basically does what the commander wants. So if you get any of these out and you can get four saplings on board, that's kind of the dream, right? You get mm-hmm. four saplings, five saplings, go in for, you know, 20 damage and you're just hitting somebody for 20. The hard part was everybody sees it coming a mile away because you cannot give them haste. You can't make your creatures fast at all mm-hmm. because the minute they have that keyword, they no longer can get damage through. Right. So that makes you vulnerable, right? Because you have to take that extra turn. And with your saplings, if somebody comes in, they hit you, hit you hard and you have to block with them, you're not going to be doing any damage. So then when you were playing after the, I guess it was the second game, you made the comment, I think I'm ready to switch over to my big creatures. Is that right. because you just felt like the, the tokens weren't doing enough fast enough? Yeah, it wasn't. It just wasn't. It wasn't doing enough. And it wasn't exciting because you actually lose one of the entire abilities on the commander, which is when they enter the battlefield or attack... You can return a creature with no abilities from your graveyard to your hand. So that lets you keep recasting these large creatures. If somebody goes in for to, to remove them, you can get them back from the graveyard and then cast them again. Right, but that's but that's only when Ruxa herself ETBs. Or attacks, yes. Oh, or, or attacks. Okay, my bad, my bad. I missed that. Oh, that's scary. It is, right? And she's a 4-4, so she's not easily blocked you don't really need to get in for damage or three you got to be careful they don't you know you don't want to go in with a five five blocker but or a death touch but it is one of those things that if you need to get a creature back you can do it but with tokens it's completely useless because all your token generators that are creatures have text on them so you can't recur them so i would say almost like a third of ruxa was just kind of dead in the water and okay. the only way to make it faster is to probably have a lot more token generators and just be nothing but every turn putting four tokens on the board. And probably at instant speed if possible, maybe not. Another card I tried, I know I saw this on the table, I think probably two or three games was the Theolanite Hermit. Mm-hmm. So this is the one that you morph. So you put him on morphs, right? So for, for three mana, he comes in at morph. He's a 2-2 creature, no abilities. So he gets the own benefit of, the, uh, of Ruxa. Mm-hmm. But then for three green green, you can flip him. And when you flip him, you get four sapling tokens you can morph at instant speed but holding up five mana was a pain i never got to do it at instant speed because why would you hold up five green mana that is a lot of mana to just sit on right unless you've ramped a lot which you know maybe that's the other part of this deck you got to ramp a lot but you know yeah it was the tokens just didn't seem to go the way i wanted to i, I do think there's something there and it may be just 
focus the deck a lot more and any anything that's not a token generator to kind of get rid of it. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like a, it, it will definitely take the deck in a different feel. How did it feel on your side of the table? Was it Did, did it feel threatening ever? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, the being able to, no matter what I did blocking-wise, that I was going to take damage to the face was definitely... Um, it, it changed threat assessment a lot. It felt like, okay, this deck is a threat, um, and I was having to block because... I didn't want that coming at me a second turn. You know, sometimes when you you sacrifice life to get rid of something, this is a little bit, <laughs> it was a little more extreme when you've got, you know, multiple creatures coming at you that you're not only sacrificing creatures for, but you're still taking the damage. I mean, essentially it's trample without trample, right? I mean, it's, right. it's, it's the overrun from trample. So that would be another problem too, right? So you couldn't play like Garrick's Uprising or something like that because the second right. you give the tokens trample, they're done. They're no longer benefiting. Right. And it, it made picking cards very hard because you had to find pump spells, any combat tricks that didn't give a keyword. And when I was looking up the rules, it actually says under Ruxa's, um rulings that if it give if something says the word gains or has so mm-hmm. gains haste has trample that applies the keyword to the card so at that point that then means it has no ability so that was trying to look for and i was trying to see if i could find any card that says things like your creatures may attack as though they had haste which isn't the same as saying gains okay. or has okay. but there's not a lot of those there's a few and that made it really hard because it's just there's not a lot, and, and it has to be in mono green because you're in mono green. Right. So there's not a lot of flexibility there. So it, it was a little bit slow. I I do say that I try to pump it up. There's two cards I found that I thought were really cool for this deck. One was Echoing Courage. So target creature and all other creatures that with the same name as that creature get plus two plus two until end of turn. The interesting things is pumping power and toughness or plus one plus one counters is not an ability. Right, that that's not text on the card. It's actually just increasing the numbers. So you can imagine four saplings suddenly for one and a green. Every sapling is plus two plus two. That's that that could wipe the board if you have four or five of those. That's an extra eight to ten damage, just right there. Um, the other one was coat of arms, which I know you and I have talked about quite a bit. Right. What what does that one do that so <laughs> that you like or don't like? So coat of arms. The first time I read it, I thought it was the most amazing card on earth because I was playing tribal. Um, so each creature gets a plus one plus one for each creature on the battlefield that shares at least one creature type with it. So this card looks at the entire battlefield, not just your own board, your own board, and it's going to add a plus one plus one for each creature that's the same. So if you had five sapperlings, each sapperling is now getting plus five plus five. And if Nick has five and I happen to have two, it's now plus seven plus seven. So it's it's a pretty uh, what's the right word for this? It's a huge force multiplier. I believe would be the best way to right. put it. And I love it in token decks for that exact reason, or any tribal deck really. But it is dangerous because. Again, we had that on the field, and I was like, cool, finally have this on the field. And then we had Inklings everywhere. And I was like, oh, crap, all the Inklings are plus four, plus four. Okay, this is – and they're flying, and my tokens can't fly because they don't have keyword. Okay, I'm now getting hit for eight. And it was like, wow, this is – this 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 card, if not played correctly, you, you almost need to get it out and then win the game 
or it could come back and bite you very quickly. Right. I mean, it's it, it kind of works. It kind of works to your advantage if you can play it at the right moment. You know, in that main phase before you make a big swing with, you know, all of the 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 plant tokens that you've just pulled off of your Avenger the turn before or things like that. It, it's definitely a pump and do massive damage but if you play it at the wrong time or you play it and all of a sudden the board gets wiped you know your opponents can take advantage of it if they have the multiple creatures so it's a it's it's a it's a two-edged sword kind of card but i love it the token side was fun i'll say i don't think i liked it i did want to go and and swap it out for big creatures which is what i did and that's what i'm going to play this week is to get some of the big creatures on the board. We're not going to read a lot of big creature cards because go find any creature that is no text. But I mentioned Gigantosaurus, which is one I've been trying to find a deck and a spot for. But it's five green pips to play for a 10-10 dinosaur with no text on it. No abilities on it, so no haste. It, so it comes down. First, you need five green pips. So you, you got to get that. Then it comes down, and you have a 10-10 just hanging out and sitting there. But now that is a guaranteed 10 damage to somebody's face if it right. lives a turn which is the threat of these creatures. Cause you cannot give indestructible cause that is mm-hmm. a keyword. You cannot give um, hex proof cause that's a keyword. So heroic intervention is one that I was like, Oh, this guy going, Oh wait, if I play that though, because somebody's going to borrow up on my turn, I can't do anything. I save my creatures and my tokens for a turn, but that just gives everybody a board to board wipe around to board wipe again or something different because now my guys have these keywords on them so i don't know i think the big creatures might be better it might be fun to every turn just throw down a big creature and it's like all right next turn someone's got to kill this and they're going to run out of removal eventually and that's if they're only targeting me is kind of my thought on this if you have to pay attention to other players on the board this can become very so let's let's take that for just a minute so ruxa herself can get keywords so did you consider doing things like putting in boots or something that, that to give indestructible or whatnot to protect Ruxa? Yeah, so obviously I have Lightning Greaves, Swift Foot Boots in there. Um, any, um, what's the, the Veil of Summer? So if somebody's doing something blue or black to, to, to target them, can kind of try to get some synergy out of there. Haven't had that go off quite yet, but that's an expensive little uncommon that can do some work with blue or black spells. But it also gives your creature um, Hexproof, I believe. So it can save your commander in those spaces. And that's where I really wanted to, where everything in this deck for the individual big creatures is focusing on individual creatures. I'm not worried about pumping the board. I'm not worried about protection for the board. I'm worried about individual creatures. And that is something for protection for the commander or, you know, letting some of these individual creatures kind of get larger. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're, we're just going to, you know, if you want to know, go pull up Scryfall or whatever and put in big, dumb green creature. Right. And then, (laughs) so, so then, so you've got your big green creatures, you've got Gigantosaurus, you play Gigantosaurus, he's sitting on the field and you see an opponent and you can take him out if you can do something. So what did you put in there that's going to pump up these big, dumb green creatures and make them even bigger, scarier, big, dumb green creatures? Right, so Colossification is one I've been dying to figure out how to play. It gives your it's five green green. It gives your enchanted creature plus twenty plus twenty, so it's an aura. But when it hits the battlefield, it taps them. So everybody's gonna see it coming, but a thirty thirty is gonna kill somebody. 
So the board okay. will try to remove that, and that's where your negotiating seals come into play. The other one that was neat, which isn't an enchantment like classification, was exponential growth. And this is actually how I killed you, I believe, which is XX green green for a sorcery. Until end of turn, double target creature's power X times. So with X being two for, what is that, two, four, six mana, mm-hmm. you're going to double class, um, Gigantosaurus's power twice at a sorcery speed. So a 10 becomes 20, becomes 40. That's instant player removal because whatever they do to block, if it's death touch, if it's a chump blocker, whatever they have, 40 damage straight to the face and they're out. It is only one player, but that could be powerful for six mana. Right. I mean, that's six mana. That's that's pretty awesome. So then other options would be other X spells like Primal Might. Would fighting cause a problem? Because that doesn't give a keyword, right? Fight is just an extra. Right. It's an an action almost, I would say, for lack of a better term. It just says, hey, this creature has plus X, plus X, and now he's going to deal that much damage to another creature. And because you get to pick a target creature, just don't pick the Death Toucher or something that's (laughs) going to kill your creature. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. But you can remove that problem card and then still get in for that damage with something like that Primal Might. Or just go for the stupid pumps like Titanic Growth, right? Plus four, plus four to end the turn, instant speed, two mana, boom, an extra four damage going in. Okay. You know, you don't need to get crazy. It doesn't always have to be a one-turn kill. It can't just be that threat of, I'm just going to take off 5, 10, 15, 20 life off of you. And if you kill my creature, I'm just going to attack with Ruxa next turn and get it back out of the graveyard. And if you get rid of Ruxa, I'm in green. So hopefully I can get her back out and kind of keep that synergy going. Awesome. So what we have with Ruxa is we have two options, but both of our options, we want them to be no abilities and you feel like Big Dumb Creatures is going to be a better choice because Rux's, Rux's additional text, when she attacks, you can pull that that card out of the graveyard. Right. Okay. It's such a unique kind of puzzle to see what's going to work and what's going to be kind of, and more importantly, what's going to be fun to play and to kind of play against. And I think, you know, I don't mind losing a game if I get, if I get wiped out of nowhere because it's like, oh, wow, you did what? And I know that's kind of how you felt where I was like, hey, all right, Russ, I'm going to do this to you. And you're like, holy cow, I didn't see that coming. It's like, yeah, that was, okay, cool. And then I lost the game because I only had one creature right. left. But, you know, that's kind of how I think this deck's going to feel. So it'll be interesting. I'm going to keep playing it maybe here in a, in a maybe a month or two. We can kind of come back and touch on it after I get some more games in with it. But I've been having a fun time with it so far. And it sounds like it's been threatening and a bit of a different assessment on the other side of the table as well. Absolutely. And I really like that you're able to take this deck to keep that core together and really do what we often talk about, what other players really talk about in deck building, is there's that 20 to 30 card slots that are making up the theme of your deck, that are making up that real focus. So it's really neat to see this card that can have so many different focuses, and you're just switching those cards. I mean, granted, maybe that's only going to be able to happen in mono. Um, right, but we'll, right. we'll explore that, at, you know, maybe find another deck to try it out with. I'm also interested to see what you've done with Killian next week because you've had on the table a few times. I've had on the table a few times. Mm-hmm. You're ready to tinker it and get some different value out of it. And any any spoilers for anybody on what you're kind of going to do with it? Um, I don't have any true spoilers yet other than I'm taking out Cigar to Zade. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, it was a little ambitious on that card, but I think that's probably a good one to take out at the very least and maybe another enchantment in there. Right. I think there's definitely going to be some changes and um, hopefully I'm not going to change the feel of the deck. So 
All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap us up for Ruxa, the patient professor, or my best friend, Teddy Ruxpin. Right. Teddy Ruxpin. Love it. Uh, I did want to give a quick shout out. We, Russ and I were both on our friend Pete's podcast at over at Rage Crit Wire. We'll have the link in the show notes. So go check it out. We've talked to them for about an hour. We try to keep this episode around 20, 25 minutes. But that was a very good conversation, just kind of talking quite a bit about magic. Uh, Rage Crit Wire is a bit more of a minis podcast, kind of focused on that. But still a lot of overlap between you know any sort of gamer so. Go ahead and head over there and check out that podcast to, to give a listen and, and a shout out to our buddy Pete over at Rage Crit Wire. How can everybody get a hold of us, Nick? I am at Nag83 on Twitter, N-A-G-8-3. And I'm at Virus25 on Twitter. That's V-Y-R-U-S-S 25. And you can find us both over on Twitter at Twitter. <laughs> this is why Nick does this. Over on Twitter at MTG Build Tinker. And our or email us at mtgbuildandtinker at gmail.com. All right, bye bye. <laughs>